Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Britney, bitch. Shake your tits. Dunkin' Donuts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another weekend chat. I've got my Dunkin'. Not sponsored. I have an espresso shot today because I was like, oh, I have so many projects to get done. I got to edit the podcast today. I want to make more bops, more beats, more TikTok remix mashups, you know, so I was like, I need some caffeine. But anywho, I just got back from my walk in the park and I wanted to tell you guys a story because I was like, it's so cute. And I was like, I feel like I'm so weird, but I don't care. So if you guys are following me on Instagram, Instagram t.kyle check out my stories so my bird friends the cardinals that have been like following me all since the winter literally all through the spring then they disappeared for a little bit because they had bobies and they were taking care of their babies but now the little baby is starting to fly and so they are oh my god it's so cute that's like this little boby cardinal but i learned this is like again uh, a segment I like to call uh, useless information about manta rays. Basically, the blue jays are fucking assholes and they try to eat the babies out of other birds' nests. So, what happens is the mom and the dad cardinals have to protect the little boby. So, that's why they don't go down anywhere so when i thought they were missing it was just because they were protecting their little boby but now they're on the move a little bit because little boby i saw it like it was like ruffling its little wings and then it flew from one branch to another and i was like oh my god i'm such a proud uncle Ugh. anyway i don't really feel like i should probably share more of that because i feel like i'm such a weirdo but i don't know it's just cute and i stood there for like a half hour, actually, no, that's a lie. I said a half hour on Instagram because I didn't want people to think that I was just standing in the park all day, but I really was. I stood there for like an hour yesterday and then I stood there for like 30 minutes today and the mom and the dad cardinal were just jumping to me. They'd be like, chirp, chirp, chirp. They'd grab their little seeds. They'd go bring it to their little Bobby who was like screeching and screaming. Oh my God, it was so cute. I was like, oh, they trust me. They know I'm not going to hurt their little baby. How cute. Anyway, I said that my bird lady era was ending and it's, Clearly not, but one day I'll work back into human life, which is honestly kind of what I want to talk about today. That's kind of the subject of today's weekend chat is like this idea of going back to normal is the theme, but um, also it's hot outside. Like it's hot. And I know that I can't be complaining because it's hot vaxxed girl summer and we're celebrating how well the vaccines are doing which by the way if you look at the data it's really optimistic so go get vaccinated 
it's really, really, really showing good, positive results. And so I know I can't complain about the summer being the worst season of the year, but like it's the worst season of the year. I hate it. I hate sweating. I literally am just hot and uncomfortable. I don't have clothes. Last summer was supposed to be my skinny girl summer, and then it was freaking Cornova. I so I didn't have any new clothes. Ah, just anyway, this is a me problem. But I just it's hot. I don't like summer. And I'm also very, very, very pale. So I'm someone who has to wear SPF in the winter and indoors. So the summer for me is like 30 minutes and I'm fried, like a painful sunburn. So I just really don't enjoy it. But I do really like my new SPF that I got, not sponsored. Maybe I'll share it in like a video or something. But anyway, life is going back to normal here in New York. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is a couple things about this gaslighting I kind of feel about going back to normal. And I'm just kind of curious if anyone else is feeling the same way that I am. You guys can let me know on Discord, tweet me, DM me, etc. So this whole thing kind of kicked off with me around the incident that happened this week with Naomi Osaka at the French Open, Roland Garros. Now, if you don't watch tennis and you have absolutely no idea what happened, I'll give you like a quick spiel, like a little beginner's guide to what happened with Naomi Osaka this week. Because I I really wanted to talk about this, and obviously I wasn't going to bring it up on Legends Only, because like we don't talk about sports on Legends Only. If you don't watch tennis, essentially what happens is this, and I'm probably getting a little bit of this wrong, but when you go to a tournament, there's all these rules. There's timing rules. You have to serve in a certain amount of time. You only get like a limited number of medical breaks, and they're all timed. If you take a break, like changeover, like everything is timed out. There's all these rules. I'm sure you guys have probably seen on Twitter or news, whatever. I think it was like last summer or two summers ago when that one guy like, flicked a tennis ball and it hit the lines person and they were immediately uh, like immediately disqualified from the tournament these tournaments have very specific very detailed rules and it's all because of fairness right like no one is to be given an advantage over anyone else in any way shape or form etc so it's like i get it right the other thing that they do is press and they make it mandatory and it's a requirement that all players have to do the press room after they play whether they win or whether they lose you have to go you go to the locker room you freshen up and you change and then you have to go to the press room and you have to sit there and you have to take questions from reporters and it's videotaped it's on camera there's photographs taken it's kind of lengthy and it's a process and honestly like I don't know about anyone else, but the stuff that I've seen, it's always very negative. And reporters have made Serena cry before. And it's just not very enjoyable to watch. I don't, I mean, I'm not like a super tennis junkie, but I have been watching Serena since literally she started. And there's not a single press moment that I can recall that I ever found enjoyable to watch. But anywho, so you go to press, you ask, you get asked questions, and it's like sponsored by Rolex or BNP Paribas or some bank. And it's all, you know, there's like a backdrop with the logos, and it's sponsored by this, and they cut the clips and they put it on Twitter, and it's like sponsored by that, and they run pre roll ads on it. Anyway, like I get it, right? Like I've been in that world of 
requirements for advertisers. The advertisers help pay to make it happen and pay all of the people that are working. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's I get it. It's something that has to be done to help pay the tournament. So it's like, I get it, right? However, this year, this is what happened with Naomi. So leading up to the tournament, privately, I get, and I'm making this like a, uh, what's, what's it called? A Cliff Notes version for you guys. Cause some of you may be like, I don't, I don't know what's going get to the point. I'm like, okay. Privately, she had contacted the tournament and said, I do not want to do press. I am struggling with my mental health right now. However, I still want to play and I want to be there, but I do not want to be subjected to this negativity. So I guess she did it privately and said, just a heads up, I am going to accept all the fines that you give me. Because if you don't do press or if you don't do the things that are required or if you break certain rules, the tournament finds you, right? So if you smash a racket on the court, they find you. If you throw something or whatever, they find you. If you, I don't, I think they also find you for like uh, being late and like the changeover. I don't know. It's basically just a bunch of fines. And if you don't do press, you get fined and it's a lot of money, right? So she shows up, she plays, she wins her first match and then she doesn't do press and they fine her $15,000. Not only did they fine her, they then, and this real, this is kind of where I got really pissed off. Not only did they fine her, which was like, okay, whatever, you know, she has the money, she can pay for it. She offered to like match the amount for like a mental health organization. So with that, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. But like, that's kind of pocket change for her. She's the highest paid female, or actually it might be not just female, but like tennis player right now, queen, right? Like, by the way, shout out to Naomi Osaka. She is like, got all the deals. She's the highest earning, highest paid tennis player right now, like fucking queen. And she's fucking good. She's number two in the world. Anyway, I could go on a whole rant about that. But my point is like the fine is a fine and like she can handle it and it's okay, right? But they went an extra step further and someone on the digital team decided to put together a tweet of all these photos of other players sitting and doing press and they tweeted they understood the assignment. Now, I, as someone who's worked in social and I know how all the politics of it work, sometimes it comes from, you know, a writer or a showrunner or someone who's like higher up, they come up with a decision and they don't want to hear it and that's what's happening and your job is to tweet it out, right? So I get and know how things can be behind the scenes. And usually it's like a social media manager who's stuck hitting the send button, right? So I didn't want to like criticize. I, I try not to criticize other brands and companies because I, you know, it's it's tough. But like this was so unnecessary and I don't use this word lightly. They went out of their way to then bully her publicly, right? It's like she tried to talk to you privately. She agreed and accepted to pay your fines which are kind of bullshit and ridiculous anyway. And she just was like, okay, like I just want to play and we're going to whatever, right? But they decided to take it a step further and put this tweet out, which they've since deleted. And then they put out a statement and they were like, we don't accept this behavior. And if she continues it, we are going to remove her from the tournament. And they put out the statement, they tweeted it, they made a press release and made this whole public thing, which then made Naomi drop out of the tournament. 
the number two seed, number two female player in the tournament, and arguably, in my opinion, one of the two most exciting reasons to watch the French Open this year, Naomi and Serena being the two, one and two right there. Like, really? Like, you all thought that bullying this young woman was going to be the acceptable response, and they got fucking ripped for this, rightfully so. It made, I think it was the Australian Open or the US Open, because they're separate, there's four Grand Slams, put out statements saying, we are going to look into ways that we can help make this experience good and positive for the players. So here is why this kind of triggered me and upset me a little bit. And it's kind of a broad, like a broader scope, because I actually think it's something that a lot of us, I know myself, can relate to. I'm not saying I'm not an athlete. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm an athlete. I'm not saying I'm like number two in the world, whatever. In my opinion, it's honestly shameful how this all went down. That tournament, the French Open, has already had some issues in the past. They are the tournament... If you know, if you follow Serena, if not, um, I think this made a lot of waves in the press because people were fuming. So after Serena had her child, she, um, and oh, even before that, Serena has always had an issue with blood clots and circulation. The one year she wore that fully, I mean, she was fully covered head to toe, arms, legs. It was a cat suit. It was like a Britney cat suit, but all black, jet black, skin tight. And it was designed to help her blood circulation on her body while she was playing, right? So it was designed to be a functional thing, not anything else. And they banned her cat suit. They made this whole thing. They were like, we are not accepting this. And it's like, you literally let men go on the court and change on the court, like literally take their shirts off on the court and it's in the middle of a match and nothing happens. But a woman who is literally fully covered in black in the fucking heat is a problem. Uh, I'm sorry. And the Grand Slams have had a history of this sexist behavior and this very like misogynistic press attitude. Oh, I'm now I'm getting mad on this beautiful hot Saturday morning. Um, there's a point to this, I promise. Like it's all kind of coming back to like real life and hashtag relatable. It's like this hypocritical way that women have been treated. It's just gross and it makes me really mad. And it was also ironic to me that years ago. Naomi Osaka was used in the press as like an example of how to behave as an athlete because Serena Williams is so loud and so aggressive and so and like all the word all the racist undertone words that they like to use to call Serena Williams mad, angry, aggressive because she rightfully stood up for herself in the middle of a match which that is another issue like they said she was being coached on the court. Meanwhile, there's video footage, video footage of various men throughout the entire tournament getting coached out loud, like coaches literally talking out loud to people. But in this one match, they said that her coach made a hand movement that was like some signal to like go to the net and approach the net. And they made it this like whole thing. They penalized her. They took a game away from it. Ugh. But then they use Naomi Osaka in this that infamous cartoon that was like, oh, this is, you know, this 
And they, oh, they also whitewashed her too. They made it like a white girl, but it was like supposed to be Naomi. Like, oh God, you guys, I could like literally go on about this for like ever. But anyway, they're like, Naomi Osaka is an example of how to behave as a female athlete. And Serena is aggressive and angry. And that's not what you do on the court. And it's like, no, you're all fucking hypocritical misogynistic assholes and you don't hold people to the same standards and you want to play the rule card and you want to play the fairness card all the time, but you're never consistent. Anyway, so fast forward to back to 2021, this whole incident. So Naomi withdraws and it's heartbreaking and what a shame because think of how inspiring of a moment this could have been because honestly, like you guys know, I love Serena, but I think that Naomi probably would have won this. She is at the top of her game right now. She is the number two player in the world. I really do think she knows how to beat Serena. She looks up to Serena. She's like, that's an icon. That's my legend. She's my moment. She knows how Serena plays. They are so strong, so powerful, such hard hitters. I do think Naomi could have won. And how iconic of a moment would have that been for her to come out and be like, You can struggle with mental health and you can be a fucking champion. Like just that word alone is so inspiring. And just watching her play and still want to show up to the tournament was so inspiring. And they just completely ruined that moment for some bullshit. I just really love her. And same with Serena. Like I love a resilient queen. After she had all of those medical scares, what did she do? She got back on the court and she showed up up and she kept playing and she kept getting better and she kept playing at like this queen level and it's so inspiring for anyone who's had any kind of a medical setback in their life to watch Serena fucking slay and same with Naomi like as someone myself who struggles with mental health I'm not an athlete but I can look at someone who's like passionate and thriving in something that they love to do and can dominate and slay and be number one and still struggle with depression and show people out there that you can do it. Like, it's so fucking inspiring. And they just ruined that moment. But anyway, why I wanted to talk about this is because I feel like we are living in this moment right now where we are being gaslit to believe that somehow everything is going back to normal. With this specific incidence, they're not incidents. Well, it was about a series of incidents, but in this instance, the way that they are acting like, oh, all these players should just pretend like everything is normal and, and do all of these things as if everything is normal and as if they aren't human and they, they didn't live through the past year and a half like the rest of us, right? Like, there's that. Number two is, as a creative person, there are plenty of other ways you could make money off your advertisers than requiring people to do press. There's so many more cool and fun, creative things that you could do with fans and technology and live streams and VR and just all this. Like, I mean, think of the VR experience. I'm not going to give away free ideas. Fuck the French Open for the way they treated Naomi. You're not getting my free ideas. But... (laughs) Think of all the cool shit that they could have done with VR, like a fan cam experience sponsored by whoever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you need people to do press and behave like everything is normal. It's not normal. And I feel like all of us as like locals, the same thing with our employers, with life, the gaslighting I see in marketing commercials and 
all this stuff like, oh, everything's just normal and we should go back to normal. Why are we going back to normal? That's the other thing too is, is it normal to work that certain way? Is it normal to commute five days a week anymore? Is it normal to do this? Is it normal to do that? Is it normal to work your employers and stress them out and require them? No. Why are we making this like a normal thing? And why are we accepting all of this as normal? And the thing that makes me mad is because I think all of us at some point in our lives with people or work or whatever have had a similar experience to what Naomi went through, where we're afraid of getting punished or afraid of retaliation for, you know, needing a day off or taking care of our mental health, if that makes sense. There's something about this like, oh, everything's going back to normal that is just annoying me because it's, one, the pandemic is still raging in other countries. So we are not back to normal. Are things getting better? Yes. But it's certainly not back to normal. And it's not going to be back to normal for another year from now. And two, I'm so sick of employers pretending like this shit isn't happening. One of the uh, questions that I got in Discord was, oh, I would love to hear the story about like why you quit your job, why you left your job at The Tonight Show. Here's the story. We got new bosses in November of 2020. And at this point, in short, literally since I first interviewed for that job back in November of 2019, I was always told, literally before I even accepted and signed the deal, that I was going to be allowed to hire more people so that we were not limited on staff and I was going to be able to hire essentially like a right hand, like a number two to split the days because it's a very long day. There's a lot of work. It's like constant all the time, whatever. So That was told to me in November 2019. So I was dealing with this whole, like, I put up with it. I tolerated it. I tolerated it. I taught, like, I was on call 24 seven, seven days a week. All of my days off were never days off. There was one week in the summer of 2020 where I did not get emails for, I think it was like a period of two or three days where I was not having to do something. You know, I started my day at 8.30 in the morning. And if I was lucky, I was able to shut my laptop by 12.30 a.m. Now, if that statement right there doesn't make you go, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? Then I, I don't know. But like, that was quote normal for me, right? So I was just on all the time, weekends, literally, I mean, my friends know. And at this point, you know, I had people telling me like, I have never seen you this stressed, this upset, this depressed in your life. And I I mean, it was true. Like, it was really true. And so in December, before we went on holiday break, I asked for a meeting with one of our showrunners. I said, listen, I have been doing this and I have been powering through this entire year, this entire year. And I'm telling you right now that I need help. I can no longer be working from 8.30 in the morning until 12.30 a.m., 1 a.m., five, six, seven days a week. I can't do it anymore. And you guys promised me that you were going to give me help. I told them, I'm like, I'm not micromanaging my team. My team had like creative freedom. They were amazing. They were so fucking talented. They were great. They were all doing their jobs phenomenally. I said, I'm like, I'm not micromanaging anyone. It's just y'all are asking me things all the time and I need to split this up. I can't do it. And I need some time off. 
And I said it going into the holidays because every other holiday weekend and like every other time we were told that we were allowed to take off always wound up being something. And so I said going to the holidays, like I really, I need this to be time off. I can't do this anymore. And I've been doing it now for 12 months and I've been loyal and I've been working hard and I'm telling you right now, like I can't do it. And the response to me saying this was, well, you know, that's just how it is working here. And I don't know. I mean, if it's, you know, if you're not having fun and if you're not enjoying it, then, you know, maybe this isn't the place for you. I don't know. There were other things said that I'm not going to repeat, but it was a very dismissive, like, I know it's a lot of hours, but it's The Tonight Show for a reason. And that's what it's like. This gaslighting bullshit of like, well, you should be grateful to have this job, which like, yes, I was very grateful to have employment through the pandemic as everyone that I worked with and everyone on my team and everyone that worked on our show was fucking grateful to be employed at that time. It doesn't mean that you can work someone who is literally saying, hi, I need help. And treat them that way. You know what I'm saying? But it's that same mindset from employers of like, we are supposed to be treating things as normal and it's not fucking normal. Like the grief everyone has been going through and the stress and the anxiety. And I don't even have kids and I don't even have a family. And like, I literally was alone. And not that being alone in a pandemic is easy because I know for a lot of people it was horribly isolating and horribly upsetting. And I'm not trying to compare experiences, but yeah, so if you're wondering what the last straw was, that was it. It was the just completely dismissive. I mean, the things the things that I accomplished at that job last year, the records that I broke in the fall, I have the record for the highest social engagement. I got that show to number two in social ratings last year. <laughs> They're now not even in the top 10. Just going to say, not to be petty, but like I did look. It's like, really? That's the response you're going to give me after everything that I have fucking done? That's your response? It's, oh, well, maybe this isn't for you. And I was like, you know, so I went and I had the holidays and I was like, you know what? It's not for me. If that's how I'm going to be treated, this is not for me. And I'm not accepting this because I know how hard of a worker I am. And I'm going to go work for a place that values me. And that's exactly what I did. Oh, speaking of interviews, uh, life hack, insert life hack here. <laughs> I was just giving someone this advice the other day, actually. Um, another lesson takeaway from this, always ask when you're interviewing somewhere why the role that you're in is open. Because as I share you know, my experience with you, Ironically, the person who was in my role before I got there quit after, I think, a year or so. It was like not that long of a period of time. And this person just walked out, just walked off the job, like packed up and and walked out. So I knew that. I'm like, when I heard it, I didn't take it as a red flag at the time because I don't know. I kind of like always like life happens. You never know what is going on in someone's life. And people leave jobs all the time. And for different reasons, they want to move across the country. They want to go backpack the world. You know, I follow so many people on YouTube and TikTok that like, I don't always see red flags, but like I, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I always try and give people the benefit of the doubt in life. So when I heard like, oh, this person just quit and literally walked out, I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe they just wanted to go backpack the world. I don't know. (laughs) But 
fast forward, like it was very validating for me and my own decision to leave, knowing that it wasn't a me thing, if that makes sense. Like it took the pressure off of me making the decision to leave. And I also did give two weeks uh, notice. I didn't just leave, but um, that, oh, lesson. So beep, 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 a life lesson that I always tell people is when you're interviewing at a job, always ask, why is this role open? Is it a new hire? Is it a new position? Which is very exciting. It can be very exciting because then you have the opportunity to, I feel like I'm going on like a side, like life inspirational, um, you know, uh, booster, like cheerleader boost. Um, If a job is new, it's very exciting because then you, if you're the first person chosen, you get to kind of decide and like set the tone for like what that job is going to be. And it gives you a little bit of creative freedom and it's exciting and you kind of get to creative control over that role and it's very exciting. So um, that's a good thing. Uh, But also ask in a job interview, always say, why is this role available? Why is the person leaving? Or like, what did the, you know, what happened um, if the person got promoted internally? Oh, also a good sign. If uh, you ask, why is this role open? And they say, oh, well, we promoted, you know, the the person who was in that role. They got promoted to senior VP queen of the world. Then it's a good sign because you're like, oh, there's upward mobility. And that's a good sign. That means the person were able to grow in that role, right? But if the response is like, they left because their hours were insane, then maybe take it as a red flag. But I mean, I'm not like looking at it as a bad thing. Uh, It was, again, like I always try and do in the weekend chat, I always try and look at optimistic things and takeaways in life. That's kind of my motto. But um, yeah, there's that. You know, all the guilt that I was feeling over certain people were trying to make me feel of, oh, well, it's you. You can't do this and you're the problem and you are a failure. It's like, Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, that's not the tea at all. Like, it's not a me thing. It's a y'all can't figure out how to like manage this right. But yeah, takes a it, it took the guilt off of my decision. But um, the Naomi thing just, you know, it just it reminded me of that moment. And I was just like, why are we accepting this? Why are we accepting this as normal? And I'm not saying that like, you know, <laughs> Everyone should just be paid to sit and like not show up to do their job. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is like over the next six months, next year, as we move back into like life again, we have to be treating things differently. And I don't know. I just kind of operate like right now I'm not a team leader and I don't have employees. But the way I operated with my last team was health comes first, right? Y'all cannot be creative and y'all cannot be talent as talented as you guys are. You cannot do that unless you are taking care of yourself. And that was my motto. It was like, your weekends are your weekends. Hit me up if you need something, if something's going on. But like, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that you know that when you are off, you are off and you can take your phone and you can turn it off and you can disconnect, right? Like that was my mentality because as a creative, you're not going to get top tier A plus level work if people are not taking care of themselves, right? If someone's stressed, how are they supposed to be creative? If someone feels burnt out, how are they supposed to give you 
A plus champion number one, you know, top billboard hot number one song for 50 fucking weeks. You know what I'm saying? They can't. You need to take care of yourself. And if my employees were like, hey, I have this thing going on, like I have to go to the doctor, um, but I'm like, go. Like, I don't, you know, like if you're doing your work and the shit is good and it's happening, go take the day. And you let me know when you're feeling better. I'm not going to make you go clock PTO and like get all fucking technical because it's like that is so not my whole thing. It's like don't take advantage of me, but, you know, don't push it, but like do your job, get things done. But like we can make it work and we can be flexible, right? Like that's my MO. That's my motto. I don't know. I just feel like moving forward as we move into this like new world, if you are a manager, if you are an employer, you need to like really start taking this stuff seriously. And like, because I really do feel like employees and people are not going to put up with it moving forward. Like I've seen so many people on TikTok being like, my employer was like, you all need to come back in the office right away and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, fuck it, I quit because I can do my job and have a successful business remote. And my team is fucking working hard, even though they're at home. Like this idea that people are just sitting and like kikiing with their feet up at home and working remote is bullshit. It's bullshit. Working from home, it has, it's not that easy. You have to like, uh, anyway, I don't know. I feel like I'm going on a rant now. How, How long is this? Oh, not that bad. It's like a half hour. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Anyway, that is kind of my rant of the week. If any of that makes sense, like, I don't know. How are you guys, like, do you have that same mentality? Like, I'm curious, like, do you manage people or are you managed? You know, what is your situation like? Do you feel like people are gaslighting you to going back to regular, uh, quote unquote, normal? Like, why can't we change normal? Why can't we change the way we work? Why can't we change the way we operate as companies and as businesses and as creatives, you know? Like, why can't we make that normal, you know? Why does it have to be going back to, uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. That is really all for this week, I guess, is kind of where my mind was at, was, you know, seeing this happen and play out in the public and then just being reminded of something that I went through and being like, oh, you know what? Actually, I want to share this because it is it was the final straw for me. Like that incident was my um, that was like the defining moment. Like I went into the holidays and New Year's and my decision was made. It was locked. I was like, I'm done. And the only reason why I stayed until February of 2021 was because of all the things that went down in January. So literally, I'm not even joking. I was in. So that week, I was going to give my notice. I was going to give my notice on a Friday. And I had therapy that first week of January. And I was literally on my therapy call. The news was on and the insurrection was starting literally as I'm on the phone. And me and my therapist are like, She's like, are you watching this? I'm like, yeah. I was like, I have it on mute, but like, this is not good. And we, in real time, and I'll never forget it. Like, that's why me and my therapist, like for the end of time, it's going to be like, where were you when? I'm going to be like, I was sitting on my couch in therapy, talking to my therapist as we're both watching this play out. And that was supposed to be, I I was going to tell her that day. Okay, so it's happening, you know, this week I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm fully comfortable and confident in this decision. 
the insurrection happens and it flips everything upside down, right? And so I was like, okay, my team, I cannot just abandon my team. Like my team needs me. My team needs me to guide them through these next couple of weeks of chaos. Like it was insurrection, impeachment, inauguration. It was that, like, you guys remember that month? It was like boom, 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 boom of just like world changing things back to back to back to back to back. So I was like, okay, I need to just guide them and be like a a calm guiding force through this that they can lean on. And when I eventually gave my notice, which was right after inauguration, inauguration happened, I think it was a Tuesday or Thursday, I forget. And then I quit on a Friday And they already had the job posting up within two hours of me quitting, which is another thing I wanted to tell you guys is your employer doesn't give a fuck. Well, maybe that's not true because I really did care about my team a lot. Like I lost sleep over that. I really did care about them, but my superiors did not care about me the way that I cared about my, what's the word for it? Is it subordinates? Reporter? I don't know. Whatever the fucking corporate talk is. They did not care about me the way that I cared about the people I managed, if that makes sense. So they already had a job posting up and ready literally before that day ended. And they stopped talking to me. The showrunners literally from that day on, they did not talk to me, didn't thank me. There was no goodbye from them. There was no, we want to thank T. Kyle for all of the records he broke and for all the guidance. They just stopped talking to me. The showrunners did. My team was great. They were so sweet. They did like a little going away party and they got me a um, a White Claw candle and they sent me a Dunkin' gift card and it was so cute. And oh, and Jimmy did send me a card too. That was very sweet. And it was actually really funny. But like I'm saying, the showrunners at that show, when I left, they don't care about you. Like they did not care about me. They were like, okay, he's leaving. We need to get a new person in. Who's next? List it, post it, you know? And that's why I'm glad I left because that response that I got to, hi, I need help help was so telling. I just don't think we should allow that to be normalized. And I don't think that's how we should treat employees. I don't think it's how we should treat creatives. And so I don't know. That's kind of my message is like, if you manage people, like, I don't know, you don't have to uh, anyway. But that's today's weekend chat is kind of like opening up this discussion and seeing like, how do you guys feel about this? Like, do you guys feel like things are normal? Because I don't. And it's not that I'm scared of Corona. And it's not that I'm scared of, you know, going back into an office or any of that stuff it's just like why are we going back to like old ways and why are we not talking about mental health after this past year and a half, it, I mean over a year and a half now it's just not no it, it is not normal right now and we do not have to normalize this bullshit gaslighting of going back to normal because people are still grieving, literally grieving the loss of friends and loved ones who may have passed away to, to COVID. They're grieving the loss of experience and and opportunities and jobs and so much in life. And we can't just be expected to go back to normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. But anyway, I just wanted to like talk about that. And maybe someone out there will listen to this and feel comfort knowing that, you know, it's not, we don't need to be gaslit. I wish that employees and and companies would, you know, do the work and effort into, you know, making people feel comfortable and and working things out as we move forward into this new world, right? And 
I am going to make sure that is my mission. As I close this weekend chat out, I feel like, I, and I'm not trying to just trash on my former employer, but I left that situation as like it being a life lesson, you know? That experience that I had, that moment that I had where I was told those things, I look at that as a positive experience because it taught me exactly how to never behave if I am ever in a position where I am a showrunner or I am leading a team or I have a company or I'm running a show or maybe one day I have my own show or if Legends Only ever takes off and we have employees. That moment that I experienced where I was told that was a lesson for me in how to never, ever behave as a boss and as a manager and as a leader. And I, I'm i grateful. I'm glad I had that experience because all negative experiences in life are a lesson, right? So I don't want people to just be like, oh, he's causing drama and like trying to create a problem. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying that like every bad boss and every bad negative thing that you experience in the workplace or in life is teaching you a lesson, like flip that negative experience into a lesson, right? Try and look at the silver lining of it, right? When something negative happens or something doesn't work out, a job doesn't work out or, you know, a relationship doesn't work out or a friendship doesn't work out, look at it and be like, okay, what was it that I learned? Oh, that's how to not behave as a boss or that is not what I want to do in life or I don't like that or I'm not accepting, you know, I don't know. I feel like I just rambled and none that made sense. Let me have some more of my coffee. It's hot again. Anyway, that is kind of the story there, but I don't know. I'm like looking forward to the future and I feel like I have more valuable life experiences now after all of that and just more perspective and more experience and I'm grateful for it even though it was you know mostly negative I don't look back on it with bitterness if that makes sense I look at it as a lesson and I feel like that's the message I'm trying to give out today because you guys know I like to always have some kind of a solution or some kind of an optimistic outlook onto whatever it is that I'm talking about and that is that right it's like one don't feel pressured into like being gaslit that things are normal because they're not and if you don't feel comfortable if you don't feel like things are normal and you feel anxious and you feel all of those things same because I think everyone is and it's just like we're being gaslit by like corporate America to be like oh everything's normal like we can't wait to have you back and we can't wait to have you back in the office and things are gonna go no uh, no uh, no they're not <laughs> <laughs> there, although I will say, I do kind of miss office air conditioning in the summer. <laughs> do you guys, like, if you know, you know, like, I'm talking where it's so cold, you have to bring a sweatshirt to work in the summer because it's so cold. Like, I do kind of miss that. <laughs> Like, if there's one thing I want to go back to, it that's it. That's only it. I miss after work happy hour. I miss kikiing with my coworkers. And I miss office air conditioning that I don't have to pay for. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And free snacks. Like, every now and then. But everything else, I'm like, no, no, no. We got to change. We got to change the way that this all functions, right? Like, people can work remotely. 
I think that if people are sick, they can stay home. They can work from home. I think we need to incorporate like mental health days, you know, allowing people to be more open and honest with how they're feeling and not have to feel like they're going to be retaliated against or fired or punished or told, oh, well, you should be grateful to work here. So maybe this isn't for you if you can't, you know, oh, you're depressed and you're stressed out. Oh, you can't do the job. Oh, maybe this isn't for you. What? Anyway, thank you for joining this weekend chat today, everyone. I hope you're having a good weekend. The first weekend of June, hot waxed, hot waxed and vaxxed girl summer. Anyway, follow me on socials. Follow me on TikTok. That's the other thing that I was going to kind of talk about today was TikTok a little bit. If you have made it this far, tweet me the phone emoji. I love when you guys tweet me the emojis because I feel like it it makes me feel like I'm not just ranting into a void because I was telling Brad the other day because he's like, oh, how do you do your weekend chat? And I was like, I just talked to my wall. And he's like, what? And I was like, well, I'm used to it now because when I used to talk to you like on the phone, I just talk to the wall, you know, like I'm literally just talking to the wall and I'm so comfortable with it now. Like I don't even care. Like it's not even a thing that I think of. So when you guys tweet me and you tweet me like a globe or like whatever I say, it's like, oh, okay. I feel like there's, <laughs> it's like, there's like that, um, that meme that I post where the kid is sitting at the dining table and he's like, you know, like he's like, yes. And he's just talking, but there's no one sitting on the other side of the booth. That is me. So when you guys tweet me the emoji, I feel like the sense of, <laughs> There's like an audience, like a ghost audience sitting in front of me right now. So tweet me the phone emoji. But um, briefly, I'll talk about TikTok. So what I want to do in TikTok is I want to use it as my new playground of creative experiments. So I want to just post ridiculous memes and mashups and really do what I was doing on Tumblr a decade ago, but on TikTok now. Because I feel like after my Backyardigans remix, I feel like Gen Z is like, you know, I saw people making remixes of it. And I was like, oh my God, I got so emotional. I was like, oh my God, these people are listening to it and they're laughing. And they're like, oh my God, I love this. This is so fucking funny. And I was just like, oh, that's why I do what I do. I do this so that like people laugh and they have fun. We're all gonna have fun, right? Oh, it just made me, oh. It made me so joyful. I was just like, oh, this is why I do exactly what I do is just to see people like laughing, right? Like that's it. Like I, that's, that's the best thing, right? I do need to get an actual job soon though, because I do have to pay my bills and that's an, you know, whatever. But if I can entertain people somehow and do it, then, ugh. But anyway, I also want to just explore and experiment and post things and not be scared to fail. Like, I want to post things that are, like, weird, that might flop, but, like, who cares? Because that's what people do on TikTok. Like, all these DJs and mashup artists and illustrators, sometimes they have a TikTok that they post and it flops. But, like, they keep going. They keep they keep showing up, right? They keep showing up. They just keep creating. It's part of the process. It's part of the practice. And that is the energy that I want to bring into this new... That's what I want to be the new normal, is, like, letting go of the fear of failure, showing up, embracing the process, embracing the practice... Letting people like be creative and and creating a new normal. That's what I want to be. The new normal is like is is creating this newness, right? Anyway, that's my rant for today. I have to edit legends only. I'm sweating. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning into this weekend chat. 
and have a wonderful rest of your weekend. The new episode of Legends Only Pod will be out tomorrow. We have all new Legends Only Patreon tiers. If you want to check it out, if you would like to support my passion projects, you can go there. And until next week, I will see you on social media and I will see you on Instagram stories as I venture in the park and try and find a new job. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.